Welcome to Scrolling, a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket, and this is episode number 10. Update number 25, aka patch version 5.3.4 for the Harrowstorm DLC is now active. Uh, this is a two dungeon pack, which includes all the usual stuff that you'd normally get with a dungeon pack. So cosmetic rewards, um, new armor sets, things like that. Uh, this kicks off the Dark Heart of Skyrim storyline, which will continue throughout all of this year's DLC and expansion content. Um, and they say in the patch notes that their primary focus for this patch is improved performance. And I think that explains why there aren't a ton of big changes regarding balance and combat and things like that this patch, because uh, I think they're mainly focused on performance. Now, results may vary from player to player as far as performance goes. Personally, my experience has been pretty good, but I know some people have had very different experiences. There's been lots of reports of random crashes and stuff like that. Um, but I think that's just different from player to player. Also keep in mind that this is only the next step in their performance improvement plan, and it's going to continue to be a focus for them throughout the year. So hopefully we'll see some more progress in that regard. So I think the biggest, most impactful change for me this patch is the fact that Battlegrounds no longer allows grouping. So if you want to do Battlegrounds now, you have to queue up solo. There's no other option. And in addition to that, they also reset everyone's MMR, which means the matchmaking system no longer knows the difference between someone who's brand new to PvP versus someone who was just topping the leaderboards last week. Of course, after a little bit of time, players will be sorted into their appropriate MMR brackets, but this past week in BGs has been pretty crazy. It's like the Wild West out there. Uh, the community seems pretty split on this issue. Some players say, I like it, good riddance to pre-maids. Uh, other players say they only play with friends, and now that they can't, they'll probably stop doing Battlegrounds. Uh, of course, I think what everyone really wants is two separate queues, one for solo only and one for groups. But I think the main question there is, are there enough players queuing up to support two queues? And I'm, I'm really not so sure. Um, I do expect grouping to be re-enabled one way or another, probably next patch. Uh, but in the meantime, I think we're already experiencing what a lot of us were suspecting, which is pre-maids maybe weren't as big of an issue as some people thought. You know, those depressing matches that are completely dominated by one team, Oftentimes, that team isn't a pre-made at all. They're just four random players who have some experience, and you know they know what to do. They don't know. They don't need someone on voice telling them what needs to happen from moment to moment. They already know because they've done it many times before. And you'd be surprised how well coordinated a team of random, experienced players can be. They can often move as a unit and seem like a pre-made, but they're really not. Uh, and even this past week, with pre-maids totally disabled, I'm seeing about the same number of imbalanced matches as I did before when queuing solo. Um, so I don't know. I know experiences may vary, so you know, take that for what you will. But I don't think pre-maids were ever as much of an issue as people like to think. Uh, but I do hope I'm right. I hope grouping returns uh, because I do like to play with friends quite a bit. And it's definitely a bummer to be on Discord with my buddies playing ESO. Uh, and I want to jump into some battlegrounds, and we we can't do that together. Uh, so hopefully we'll get a separate queue or a custom lobby system or something like that. That'd be really great. 
As far as the battlegrounds themselves and how balance feels and things like that, I think it feels pretty good, but we're only really a week into this patch, so it's hard to make a, a clear assessment right now. But I'll be doing a battlegrounds-focused episode, uh, what I call the BG Report, here in a couple of weeks once I've had a chance to do some more battlegrounds and draw some conclusions about things, so keep an eye out for that. Of course, with every new dungeon pack, we get a bunch of new armor sets. Uh, I talked about most of these quite a bit last episode, so I'm not going to rehash all that again this time. Um, but if you're interested in hearing that discussion, please do check that out. That was episode number nine. Um, but there are a few sets, I think, that are worth touching on again, so uh, we'll get into that here. So let's start with Mother C and 8. Uh, and I watched a Bethesda live stream, and that's how one of the developers pronounced it, C and 8. So I guess that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Um, this is a monster set from one of the new dungeons. It has probably received maybe the most attention of any of these new sets, but unfortunately it's been mostly negative attention. Um, the uh, PTS iteration of this set, uh, it would grant you a 3,000 damage shield every 10 seconds when you're using a channel or cast time ability. Right, and we talked about it last time. It's incredibly weak. Nobody's going to use it, right? Um, so they adjusted it. So um, you know, now the live version, uh, it gives you a five thousand damage shield every six seconds, and it's still you know you have to use a channel or a cast time ability to proc it. Um, so five thousand shield every six seconds. That's definitely better than three thousand every ten seconds for sure. Um, and you also restore 600 magicka when the shield is broken, which seems like an insignificant amount of magicka to me, but I guess it's better than nothing. Uh, it's definitely an improvement over the PTS version, that's for sure, uh, but I still think it's kind of lame. Uh, I mean, for this to be the big reward that I get for doing a new veteran DLC dungeon, um, a 5k damage shield every 6 seconds when using a cast time ability, uh, it seems like a very weak incentive. Of course, there are other good reasons to do the dungeon. There are other armor sets, cosmetic rewards, you know, things like that. Uh, but I feel like the monster set really needs to be enticing. That's the main thing, you know, that, that I do the dungeon for. I mean, you know, look at sets like Zahn, Earthgore, Baylorg, Veladreth. You know, these are all really cool, powerful sets that drive players to push themselves to get through this difficult content because the reward will make it worthwhile. Um, and I don't really don't, I really don't think that's going to be the case for Mother C and 8, you know, and I don't, I honestly don't even think it's a matter of needing to be buffed. It's just a boring idea in the first place, uh, especially considering we already have a much better version of this monster set in the base game and it comes from a much easier dungeon. Uh, and so that brings us to the ne next set I want to talk about, um, which is Iceheart. Now this isn't one of the new sets. This is, this set's been in the game for a while. It comes from, uh, Dire Frost Keep. Um, and basically everyone's been making the same comparison, right? Why break your back in a veteran DLC dungeon to get Mother C and 8 uh, when you can do Dire Frost instead, uh, which is way easier, uh, and get Iceheart, which gives us basically the same functionality as C and 8, uh, except it's way better. Uh, and so Zoss said, okay, we heard you, uh, and they nerfed Iceheart. <laughs> So uh, so now the damage shield is uh, 5,000, same as Mother C and 8, uh, instead of the 8,600 that it was before, so a nerf. Um, and uh, the duration is still 6 seconds. So it was always 6 seconds, so now it's um, the duration and the damage shield strength uh, between Iceheart and Mother C and 8 are the same. Um, 
And then the AOE damage from Iceheart was nerfed as well. Uh, it was 770 damage per second, now it's 500 damage per second. So all around, Iceheart was nerfed pretty considerably. Um, I think of all the changes implemented this patch, this one has received the most attention. Uh, what I find interesting about it is how many people were vocally upset by this nerf. I honestly did not realize that Iceheart was such a popular set. It always seemed like a very niche set to me. It's very useful for certain content, uh, particularly solo PvE, uh, but pretty underpowered for most other stuff. You know, like in in big uh, in big raids uh, in organized PvE groups, it's a pretty big damage loss, so not a lot of people use it there. Um, and in PvP, the damage shield is super weak, so no one uses it there either. Um, so it's mainly solo PvE players or maybe inexperienced PvE players that are using this set. And, you know, why should we be concerned about if those players are having an easier time, you know, clearing, say, like Maelstrom Arena? You know, that's not affecting me or my experience at all. Uh, and I think that's that's really why this nerf seems so senseless. You know, Zoss says it's because they think this set does way too much. And maybe on paper it looks that way. But in practice, this set was fine. You know, it's very useful in certain situations, but not powerful enough to take the place of the truly elite meta monster sets. Um, it just seemed like a weird choice to, to punish the less experienced, you know, sub-elite players, uh, which are the ones who were mainly using this set. And then when you look at the fact that they're releasing a very similar monster set in the DLC, the same patch... You know, whether they have underhanded intentions or not, uh, it's just, it's hard not to at least question their motives here. Um, it's really not a good look. Um, and so now we have players who have had one of their favorite monster sets, Iceheart, uh, nerfed pretty dramatically. And mind you, nobody was complaining about this set. Nobody was, nobody is now saying, yes, thank goodness they're finally nerfing Iceheart. You know, that's just not happening. Uh, nobody feels good about this change. It's either, it's either neutral or negative. Um, and at the same time, they're offering a new monster set that really nobody is excited about. Uh, and not only that, they see it as a shady sales tactic, as a betrayal of their trust. Uh, and whether that's their intention or not, that's how it's perceived. Uh, and so there's just zero good feelings surrounding these two sets right now. Uh, in my opinion, they should have come up with something more creative for Mother C and 8, something besides a damage shield. Uh, and Iceheart should have just been left alone. There was really no call for this. Uh, that all being said, I don't think Iceheart is useless now by any means. I think it'll still be a decent option for solo PvE players. Uh, but I think a lot of those players will probably start considering other sets now. Um, anyway, I'm not sure what more to say about these sets other than that. It just kind of feels bad. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Critical Repose. This is one of the new Cyrodiil crafted sets. This is the one uh, where when you take critical damage, you reduce your enemy's crit rate and crit damage. Um, it was a four second duration with a seven second cooldown. So you had like three seconds of downtime there, you know, in optimal conditions. Uh, but now it's a nine second duration with a 10 second cooldown. So now, you know, ideally you'll only have one second of downtime. I think that's cool. I'm interested in this set. I like seeing new ways of mitigating critical damage. That's pretty cool. Uh, Unchained Aggressor, it's another one of the new Cyrodiil crafted sets. This is the one that gives you major berserk after breaking free. Um, it was uh, giving you that major berserk buff for 9 seconds with a 21 second cooldown. 
Um, now it's going to be a six second duration with a 16 second cooldown. So just a little bit more uh, narrow window there to take advantage of that damage buff, which I think is a good thing. Major Berserk is an extremely powerful buff. Um, and the Armor of Truth. This is an existing set. This is from uh, Dark Shade 1 and 2. Um, so uh, the old version of this set uh, would give you 460 weapon damage after setting an enemy off balance. Um, now it'll give you that weapon damage buff after dealing damage to an enemy who is off balance already. Um, and the reason they made that change is basically because the off balance mechanic was changed. Um, we'll talk about that uh, a little more deeply here in just a little bit, but the, f the short version is basically players who are set off balance now will have an off balance immunity for a certain period of time, uh, which basically amounts to a substantial nerf to this set. Um, so. I think it's important to point out this change because this set has enjoyed some really nice time in the sun these last few patches. You know, the combat designers have clearly been pushing us to focus on using off-balance more and more over the last few patches, and as a result, Armor of Truth has become extremely popular. Um, but now the damage bonus is going to be a lot less reliable, and I wonder how many people will be dropping it in favor of Fury, 7th Legion, New Moon, uh, the newly buffed Clever Alchemist, or, you know, one of those. I'm, I'm guessing probably quite a few. Ashen Grip. I overlooked this set on the last episode, but now that I've looked at it more closely, this is actually one of the sets that I'm uh, most excited about right now. Uh, it's a craftable set that's been in the game for a long time, but it's now receiving some long overdue buffs. Um, so before, when um, the five-piece bonus, when you do when you deal direct melee damage, you have a 10% chance to breathe fire to all enemies in front of you for 1,118 fire damage. And that can happen every four seconds. Um, now, uh, with this uh, with this new update, you have a 100% chance to deal 5,350 flame damage, still every four seconds. Um, so it used to be 10% chance to deal 1,000 damage. Now it's a guaranteed chance to deal 5,000 damage every four seconds. Uh, a massive buff. This set is actually viable all of a sudden, I think. Uh, I've already started using it. I crafted myself myself a set of this for one of my Stamina Dragon Knights. It's a full proc build that I use in Battlegrounds sometimes. Um, she was using um, Viper, Red Mountain, and Vulcan Scoria, but now I've replaced Viper with this set, Ashen Grip, uh, and I can tell you it is a good change. Um, the damage is much more bursty because it's all being delivered at once rather than over time, like Viper. Um, and now all three of my proc sets are dealing fire damage, which is really cool for the whole Dragon Knight theme. Uh, and also another little good thing is for the two-piece bonus, I'm trading a line of weapon critical for max health, which is nice because since I'm mostly relying on procs for my damage and procs can't crit, uh, the extra health is much more useful to me than that crit chance, so I'm happy about that. Uh, and it's only a two-trait crafted set, so it's super easy to get a hold of. Just about anyone who wants to is going to be able to try it out. Uh, and I do think it's worth checking out. The damage is decent, especially if you want more AoE damage in your build. Uh, and the proc animation looks pretty cool, too. I'm a big fan of this change. Nice job. Galerian's Revenge. This is another set that I'm interested in, but I haven't had a chance to try it out yet. Um, it's a light armor set. You can get it from Imperial City. You, you purchase it from a Telvar vendor there. 
Um, the old version of this set, uh, when you deal damage with a light or heavy attack, you place a mark of revenge on the enemy for 15 seconds, and that stacks up to six times. Uh, and then at six stacks, uh, those marks of revenge detonate for 4,730 magic damage. Uh, so they've changed it a bit. So now it only requires five stacks to detonate rather than six. Uh, and they increase the damage of that detonation to 9,630, and that, uh, that's up from 4,730. Um, so that's a massive buff. Uh, it basically double the damage, and it's going to proc uh, a little more frequently because it requires fewer stacks. Uh, it's basically a guaranteed 10k damage every five seconds or so during combat. Um, that could line up really nicely, I think, with a Magblade's Merciless Resolve, uh, which also procs after five light attack stacks. So that's something to think about there. A, an extra 10k on top of your Spectral Bow Burst combo could be really nasty. Um, but really, I think this set could work great on just about any offensive Magicka build. So yeah, solid change here. I think we're absolutely going to start seeing this set pop up more as time goes on. Morkulden. This is another crafted set, a normal crafted set, not in Cyrodiil. I think it's in Bankarai, I want to say. Um, this is a set that everyone always says, you know, it has such a cool visual effect. It's too bad. It's just not a very good set. The damage just isn't great. Um, and if you don't remember, this is the set that summons the floating glowing sword that hovers around you and, and attacks nearby enemies. Uh, it looks really cool. It's just the damage has never been very good. Um, but I think we may finally see this set get some playtime on the battlefield. So for one, uh, they say they fixed an issue where the damage from this set was highly inconsistent, uh, and they also removed the proc chance. So it was uh, a 10% chance to proc from a light or heavy attack. Now it's a guaranteed proc from a light or heavy attack. Uh, it has a 15 second duration and cooldown, same as always. Uh, but now since it's a guaranteed proc, you're basically going to have a 100% uptime on that pretty much always. Um, so I think if we have more consistent damage and a guaranteed proc, this set is going to seem a lot more enticing to people, especially with the cool visual effect. I'm especially interested in trying this out on my Stamina Sorcerer. I think it would fit that theme really nicely, especially if you're using the Bound Armaments ability. Uh, that would be perfect. The whole idea of summoning these enchanted weapons to do some of the fighting for you that's like exactly what I think of when I think of a Stam Sword. Um, I think visually it'd look really cool, uh, both the Morkulden proc and the Bound Armaments daggers floating around your character. Uh, it'll look awesome, and, and if the damage is there, that could be a match made in heaven. So all around, some really great reworks to some sets that really needed it. I'm already seeing some of these sets make their way into people's builds, and I think as time goes on, we'll just see them represented more and more. And it's cool. You know, some of these sets have been in obscurity for such a long time, and now they're finally making their way into viability. And that's something players are constantly asking for, to rework old, unused sets and make them viable. And it's great that they're doing that now. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of like we're getting a bunch of new extra sets in addition to the actual new sets that are being added this patch. Let's talk about some of these combat changes. So let's start with the new block animation. Uh, so they've adjusted the animation for block a little bit, but the mechanics of blocking haven't really changed all that much. Uh, basically this new animation just doesn't cut off skill animations quite so sharply, and so it sort of softens the effect of block animation canceling without eliminating it entire entirely. Uh, it's a nuanced change, it's kind of hard to explain honestly, but during an official ESO live stream about a month ago, they had Gilliam the Rogue, the one and only, 
Um, he, he gave a really great detailed explanation and demonstration of this change. So if you really want to know what's going on with the new block animation, uh, just go check that out. I'll put a link in the description, uh, or you can find it on Bethesda's Twitch channel. Um, and you know, it was cool to see Gilliam make a little bit of content again, even if it was very brief. It's been too long. I really miss his videos and streams, and so it was a bit of a treat for me to see that. Off balance has been changed. Uh, so they've changed how off balance works against other players. Uh, so now it lasts for seven seconds from player sourced abilities and sets. It was five seconds before. Uh, and now when off balance ends, when the effect ends, targets will get a 15 second off balance immunity. Um, also off balance is no longer consumed from heavy attacks or abilities. So what's interesting to me about this is that, you know, it seems like they've been strongly encouraging players to use off balance more and more, you know, by nerfing and removing various hard CC abilities and adding new sources of off balance, such as dizzying swing and cutting dive. Uh, you know, the message seems to be stuns are very powerful and we think you should have to work a little harder for it. So try using this off balance system instead of a one button instant stun. And so, you know, begrudgingly, players have adapted and have started incorporating off-balance into their build as their CC solution. And then the devs say, awesome, great. Now your targets can only be set off-balance once every 22 seconds for a seven-second duration. Now, I think this is probably one of those changes that is more about server performance than it is about balance. But from a player's perspective, it feels kind of harsh. It feels like we keep having tools taken away. And then when we adapt and find a new tool, that gets taken away too. Uh, and so it can be a little frustrating. I don't know if we get better server performance as a result, maybe it's worth it, but I guess we'll see. And then another sort of overall general change that's being made is that AOE damage over time abilities uh, are getting a cost reduction of about 1200. So we're talking about abilities like lightning splash, spear shards, wall of elements, volley, those kinds of things. Let's talk about Necromancer. So they wanted to help make the corpse play mechanics a little easier to work with, and so they've made a few adjustments regarding that. Um, so Blastbone's corpses will now last six seconds rather than five seconds, and the Skeletal Mage and Spirit Mender um, will now, uh, their corpses will now last 10 seconds instead of five seconds. Um, they also say they've improved the targeting areas from all tether abilities. Uh, and they'll now link to the corpse closest to your reticle from a much larger radius. Um, another thing to Blast Bones, the skeleton from Blast Bones will now attempt to leap from up to 28 meters away rather than 15 meters. Uh, and they increase the speed in which Blast Bone jumps as well. And it seems like these are the changes we've been waiting for for this ability. Uh, all of a sudden, Blast Bones works and it seems to work well. Uh, so good, in fact, that players are now kind of worried that uh, Stamina Necromancer is perhaps a little overpowered, in PvP at least. Um, we've always known that on paper they look incredibly powerful, but their abilities have always been so notoriously unreliable that it was difficult to get consistently good results with a Necromancer. But now that their abilities are reliable, we're seeing a lot more of what looks good on paper translate to actual real capability. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see some nerfs at some point in the future. The biggest concern now is that a reliable Blast Bones allows a Stam Crow to have an AoE major defile with a potential 100% uptime. Uh, and you know, that's tied to an incredibly powerful AoE damage attack at the same time. 
So now that Blast Bones actually works properly and we can see how truly balanced it is in practice, I wouldn't be surprised if it receives some more adjustments in the future. Uh, I think it's probably a good idea to expect that to happen at some point. For the Dragon Knight, um, the Dragon Leap Ultimate, uh, they say this ultimate will now properly animate its leap on targets regardless of range, uh, resulting in more overall reaction time for those on the receiving end. Uh, so this can definitely be considered a nerf for this ability, but I know it is something that a lot of players have been asking for, a more obvious telegraph for this ultimate. Um, I hope it's not too much of a telegraph. This is one of my favorite ultimates in the game, and I'm already seeing a lot more stam DKs use Onslaught instead of Leap, and I'm hoping this doesn't push even more DKs to start considering other ultimates. Um, Stonefist is still a work in progress. They say they've updated this ability to improve its visual storytelling and per-cast impact. Uh, the visual effect of this ability is now totally different, uh, and the ability itself has changed a fair amount as well. Uh, so now the first time you cast this skill, your character will stomp the ground in an AoE damage area uh, and also summon these three molten earthen spheres that sort of hover around your character. Uh, and then your next three casts will be you lobbing those earthen spheres at your enemy from up to 28 meters away. Um, the base ability no longer has the stagger mechanic built into it, but it still stuns the target on the final hit. Uh, and they reduce the overall cost of the ability by 1,200. Um, and then the Stone Giant morph gets the stagger mechanic back, uh, and the damage, the bonus damage from stagger is increased to 65 instead of 45. Um, so definitely a bit of a buff in that regard. Um, I've, I've tried this ability out a little bit, and I have, I have a few pros and cons uh, written up here. So pros, I think... Visually, it looks really cool. They they really have done a great job of making it look much cooler than it did before. So kudos to them on that. Um, the damage is fine. It's it's just it's a spammable, so it deals about as much damage damage as you'd expect a typical spammable to deal. Um, and it helps generate ultimate uh, since it's an earthen heart ability. Uh, it can activate the uh, mountain's blessing passive every six seconds. Uh, and as we all know, generating more ultimate is especially valuable for a Dragon Knight. So that's a, that's an incentive to use it. So those are the good things that I like about it. Um, some negative things. Uh, for one, the initial cast has a cast time. And, you know, community feedback has been crystal clear in regards to cast times. There's no question. Everyone hates them. Uh, and then we have Stone Fist, an ability that really no one really likes this ability either. Uh, and presumably the devs would like to change that. They want this skill to be attractive to players. Uh, and so, okay, we have this skill. Everyone hates it. They make fun of it. They call it Poop Fist. So what can we do? I know. Let's give it a cast time. <laughs> you know, uh, it's kind of a hilarious decision because there's no way they don't know that nobody likes cast times. And there's no way they don't know that people are not interested in this ability right now. And yet here we are with a cast time on Stonefist. It's pretty weird. Um, so another negative thing, the initial cast, the AOE uh, ground pound stomp has a pretty small range, only six meters. Uh, I think in PvP, it's going to be pretty rare that you're actually going to be able to land that attack on somebody, uh, both because it has a short range and a cast time, so enemies will have more time to react to it. 
Um, and even though we said uh, that one of the pros is that it does adequate damage for a spammable, in practice, I think it's not actually true. It's going to be doing about 25% less damage than typical spammables because one in four attacks isn't landing. Um, in, PV, in PvE, I think it works a little better because bosses typically don't move around as much as players do, but I still think it seems weird to have three out of four attacks have a 28 meter range and then have one that's the odd one out. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I really don't think I like that very much. Uh, another negative thing I think about this ability is the fact that it's a, a ranged attack, or at least three out of the four attacks are ranged attacks. Um, this is another thing in which the feedback has been pretty unanimous. Basically, the consensus is DK is decidedly a melee class. This should be a melee attack. Uh, making it a ranged attack brings a number of issues. You know, since it's a projectile, it has a travel time, even up close, which means it's much easier to block and dodge. Also, since it's a projectile, it means it's much less effective against wardens who are using shimmering shield, sorcerers who are using ball of lightning, other DKs who are using wings, or any roly-poly build. Um, also, if you actually want to use it as a ranged attack, Again, one out of four of your attacks won't reach your enemy, um, so you'll be much better off using like crushing weapon or silver shards. Um, and it just doesn't make much sense. All other DK attacks are melee, you know. And from the moment Stonefist first started getting these reworks, every DK player has been saying the same thing: make it a close-range melee attack. Uh, and you know, since they went through all the effort of creating a whole new animation and everything, why not just go ahead and do the obvious thing and make it so that your character's fist turns into a giant chunk of stone, you know, a stone fist, and make it like a seven meter melee attack. I don't I really don't know why they didn't just do the obvious thing there. Um, but anyway, this is what we have, uh, and it is kind of a shame because they obviously put a lot of work into this ability, and it's probably going to be mostly a waste because people are still just not very interested, it seems. Um, but it's hard to feel too much sympathy because they've had tons of consistent, specific feedback about what people would like to see from this skill, and it seems like they were determined to realize this vision of the skill regardless. Um, it is a shame because it, it does look really cool um, and I think it's just going to go to waste because people are not going to use it all that much. But maybe I'm wrong. You know, we'll see. Nightblade, nothing really new there. Just some bug fixes. Uh, nothing really new with Sorcerer either. Um, Templar, some good changes here. So the, <clears throat> the Sacred Ground passive um, will no longer snare enemies in the area. Uh, instead, it increases the caster's block mitigation by an additional 10% while they're standing inside of the area of effect. I think most PvP players are going to be thrilled about this change. Uh, you know, Cleansing Ritual covers such a huge area. If any enemy Templar is in the vicinity, it's basically impossible to not be standing in it, which means you're pretty much never not snared. Um, it always seemed a little unfair, and Templars already have a lot of other ways to snare you anyway, so it just makes sense that they would make this change. Uh, I haven't even seen any Templars complain about this. I think most Templar mains know that this passive was kind of BS, uh, so I think this is a really nice quality of life change. You know, the combat team has been focused on improving the feeling of movement and mobility in PvP over the course of the last year or so, uh, and I personally can tell a huge difference in how good it feels just to move around in PvP. 
Um, I think this is an example of the developers listening to player feedback and taking steps to address a particular pain point. So I'm very happy about this change. Uh, as someone who mains the Stamplar in PvP, I think this is a good, healthy change that has been needed for a long time. Wardens had their Glacial Presence passive uh, adjusted a little bit. So before, it would just increase your chances of applying the Chilled status effect with your Winter's Embrace abilities. Um, now it still does that, but it also increases your critical damage against chilled enemies and your critical healing against chilled allies. Uh, this is really the only substantial thing that was changed for Warden. It's not a huge deal, but it's nice to have a little extra something on this passive because it frankly was kind of dull. Uh, and increased critical healing on chilled allies, you know, it might seem kind of silly, but considering the popularity of Mag Wardens as a support class in BGs, I think there's a good chance that you and your teammates will be getting chilled on a fairly regular basis, so this passive may actually come into play more often than you think. That's pretty much all the class changes that are worth mentioning. Uh, I'll move on to the two-hander. So uh, Berserker Strike Ultimate, I think we all saw this one coming. Uh, its damage has been reduced by about 16%, and they say that's to account for the fact that this ability ignores mitigation. Uh, and then Dizzying Swing, this will now stun enemies who are already off balance. And remember, um, Dizzying Swing will set enemies off balance, so that basically means the second time you hit them with it, um, they're going to get stunned if they're not on off balance immunity. Um, if they are on off balance immunity, then it's going to apply a 40% snare to them instead. So there you go. Either way, you get something out of it. I wonder if there will ever come a time when the combat team is happy with Dizzying Swing. It certainly seems to receive a lot of changes, pretty much every single patch. Um, so under the Vampire skill line, Drain Essence, we talked about this briefly in the last episode. Uh, so the stun from this ability and its morphs will now occur uh, when the cast completes rather than when it begins. Uh, like I said last time, if you've been using this ability, you had to expect this was going to happen. Uh, you know, the combat team has been nerfing and removing CC abilities for the last few quarters, and this is one of the only ranged CCs left for a lot of Magicka builds, which is why we were seeing so many people use it. Uh, and of course, anytime an ability becomes hugely popular, almost always a nerf is not far behind. Uh, personally, I don't mind. I never liked using this ability anyway, and I was certainly getting sick of having it spammed on me by half the players I run into, so good riddance, I say. But I know not everyone feels that way, and who knows what this skill line is even going to end up looking like a few months from now. This skill may be totally different by then, or it may not even exist at all. And I think that's just about all I wanted to talk about. Um, overall, I think some good things are happening. I, I'm still having, you know, just about as much fun as I ever have. Um, as someone who primarily does Battlegrounds and non-CP PvP, I honestly think balance feels better than it ever has right now. Uh, it's nice to see Necromancer finally get some of the fixes that it's been desperately needing, and people were already figuring out how to be successful with the class, so now that their actual abilities are reliable, um, they can really be a formidable opponent. Um, I'd really like to see grouping come back to Battlegrounds, preferably in a separate queue if the player population can support it, or maybe a custom match or lobby system with the rewards disabled or something like that. Uh, but in the meantime, I do think there's a lot of merit to this solo-only queue situation, and I've been enjoying this incarnation of BGs for the time being, you know, trusting that grouping will return later. Um, some things to expect from me in the near future, I'm working on a few new build videos. I have a Magicka Sorcerer, a Stam DK, and a Stamina Warden Healer. Um, some, some build videos for those in the works. 
those are all non-CP PvP builds, and those will be popping up on my YouTube channel over the next few weeks, so keep an eye out for that if you want. Just search for Ket Sparrowhawk if you haven't found me yet. Um, if you have any questions or anything you'd like to add, feel free to leave a comment or email me at ketsparrowhawk at gmail.com. In the meantime, remember to always question the meta. Thank you.